0: Havili was magic, the
1: shift on for Crotty, boom, far down you go, Quacket Smith, me oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on,
0: and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Draft Rugby Podcast, Season 4, Episode 4, The Draft Podcast, Part 2, the episode that was so big we literally had to split it into two podcasts. Thanks for joining us again, guys. We're going to go through the rest of the positions, and then we are going to finish off with a dessert. So let's get stuck straight into it. I think I'll go into scrum halves. Scrum okay with that? Why not? The guys guys you liked annoying the most on the field. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. All the fly halves, they're a bit of fun too. Mm. But look, uh, another little nagging position, the the scrum halves. The top picks for me, I, I find this quite an easy one. I love this bloke, Tate McDermott. Um, he had 44.7 average last year. Tape. He was the top halfback uh, almost by six points, but to second place, the, the difference with their points per minute was almost point. No, it was it was 0.21. He has 0.76 points per minute. So if we see him get more and more minutes, um, the, his backups left, uh, do you know, this, this the Samoan, Serovi. Uh yeah, yeah, the Samoan, yeah, but uh, Serovi- Malulua, but Sarovi was injured, yeah, Malulua. and and uh, Sarovi is, is a, a brilliant young halfback. I was, I was gonna say, let's not forget that he actually started the season like absolutely confusing as hell to us, but he started the season not getting enough game time, yeah, they they actually there was a couple of times that they dropped him throughout the year as well. There was something, I'm pretty sure he was in my team. Mm -hmm. And in a couple of weeks, they just went, nah, we're not playing him this week. We're dropping him to the bench. So if Nelson doesn't pick him up, he'll be very good. (laughs) Yeah. No, look, I, I, I think another year, you know, another, you know, another 12 months, you know, talking about being a potential wallaby and, and being in that wallaby squad. Hopefully we see more and more minutes from him. If we see more minutes from him, he should be the number one clearly. That's as simple as it is for me. Yep, um, right. Other ones up there, I've got Jake Gordon. I, I just find this guy absolutely exciting. Getting that uh, Waratahs captain role as well, and he looked lethal again in the in the Waratahs trial match, taking things upon himself. And I think he'll do it this year. You know, mm. they've they've lost. You Hooper to take it upon himself. I think it's going to be Gordon to I, take I, it. I, he scored in that trial. He scored two tries and set up another two or three. And he only played three quarters of the game. Like <laughs> less than that, wasn't it? Uh, I think he came after a quarter and played the most of the, the rest yeah. of the match. he? but uh, either either way, as you said, he is just going to have to carry the
1: Waratahs in terms of maturity, hmm. and he's going to be creating a lot. And, and different different people take captaincy in different ways. Some of them, you know, think they need to. Lead the boys around and whatever, but Jake Gordon, as as all good halfbacks do, he takes that captaincy as the right to run the ball even more. So yeah, uh, I think that's what do he, what I want. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah,
0: I agree. Mm.
1: Um, then we've got Nick White.
0: This is a bit of an interesting one here. We had a dig want to, back. You want we had to, to dig back into this, and you wanted to keep this to yourself,
1: mate. We wanted to. keep this on the result, oh. mate. How how could you do
0: that? Yeah, no, Nick Nicky White. He was the top halfback back in two thousand and fourteen. How many points? Wow, turning the clock his back. Because you know, back then those those points did not matter. They were know. very different. To Basically now. nothing. But that wasn't the point. <clears throat> the point was he is was the top halfback back in those days. So I mean he, he was not bad in his a couple occasions last year, with an average of twenty points or something along those lines as well. What what I would say is that the old system where he was the top halfback, we didn't quite reward the same kind of passing game and just normal halfback role nearly the same way that we do now. So he got all those points as the running halfback. Yeah. And we saw for the Wallabies that when he wants to take the game by the scruff of the neck, he really, really does. Mm. He's phenomenal at that. Yeah. His points per minute were the same as Aaron Smith. Like, I'm expecting him, if he's not top yeah. four, I'd be surprised. I've got that third yeah. above yeah. Aaron Smith. Yeah. So huge. Yeah, massive. Um, Aaron Smith I've got at number four with 38.9
1: uh, average. I think is, we just all can't see how Aaron Smith can possibly play better than he did at the end of that last year. That, that, that's, that's it, it right? That's like, he's, There's a ceiling somewhere, you know? Like, the, the last couple if of years... he was Antoine Dupont,
0: maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. The, last, the last couple of <laughs> years, he has just been so brilliant and that's pretty hard to replicate again and again and again. But prior to that, he was brilliant, but not getting the same fantasy points. Yeah. So the... It's not that he's not going to be an amazing halfback. He's going to be an amazing halfback. Or mm. well, whether he can still reproduce these scores week in, week out. That's something that I, I find hard to, to see if he can. I, I mean, wait, he's, we're say, wait, saying in four. fourth. <laughs> still saying top four. You know, still saying clo- close to what we were saying, you know, mid, mid to high 30s is mm. yes. a potential. Um, the biggest value increase, I've already touched on Nick White. He had a 20 average uh, last year because he, he was playing an average 36.4 minutes which yep. is surprising that he got that much
1: But yeah, he only a handful of games.
0: Yeah, he played four games. Four games. Um, so average of, of 20 points in, in each of those games in less than a half. He's their out-and-out out starter. They've got Lonergan, who's obviously a talent, but mm. he, he's still you know, a rung below. And, so, I, and Isaac Fiennes. And Isaac Fiennes, who come across from the Western Force. I, I've been quite excited for him. Mm. He's quite an agile, you know, good-running halfback. I don't know if he's got an all-round game. Uh, I mean, he seems I mean, like, we, we just, need, to just. Needless to say, level, Nick White plays most minutes. Yeah. Nick White's going to play most minutes. Unquestionable. We've got Jake Gordon with his captaincy in bulk minutes with 0.52 points per minute uh, last year. That brings him up to a 41.6 points from his 32.2 uh, if he's playing 75 minutes. And I, I'm going to put it out there. He's going to be playing 75 minutes. He's yeah. going to be playing bulk minutes. Yeah, sure. Um, and then Jonathan Tomatine is a, a bit of a roughie here because TJ is gone; he's mm. gone abroad. And American then they've fans. got Booth, who I would love to be saying Booth right now. Oh. I'd be I'd be putting Booth in that that top picks for sure. Be, um, yeah, Booth would be right up there. But yeah, but he, but he's injured. He he was I think a point a minute last season, you know, with two hundred odd points. So he mm. he's right up there. But he's he's missing the start of the season as well. So he gives Tomatine a good chance to to swoop in and take that starting nine jersey. Mm. Yeah, look, I I think Tarmatine's going to play six rounds or whatever it is until Jamie (laughs) Booth comes Mm. back and then he'll be gone. Yeah, I agree. But if you're looking for someone to get you through the first six rounds, you're not picking Tarmatine in the first five or six rows of picks. But I think he's a very good value pick. Keeping in mind, you know, there's only going to be eight halfbacks taken. No one's going to double up, surely, on halfbacks. No. So there will always be someone available for you to pick up. So he's not a bad choice if you're late and you're trying to take a, a little bit more of a risk and someone who we yeah. think could be a bit of a riser there. Um, in terms of value drops, there's only one. It's quite simple. Ian Pryor. Thomas Kubelli coming across, just for me, is he's got to be their first choice. Um, Miotti there at 10 as well. The combination between the two of them. We might see both of them on the bench like we did in the trial, but I'd be really surprised. You yeah. don't, you don't leave those players. No, they, they should be starting week in week out for them. The, the they point, will be pivotal. The force are trying to win a game this year. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that sounds rough balance. when you say that. But look, we've got the number of value options. We've got four. There are the four I listed: uh, take McDermott, Jake Gordon, Nick White, and Aaron Smith. After that, you've got a little bit more risk, a little bit more unknown with the other players. Um, when we so, go, so you don't. So just for the record, when you're saying value-based picks, do you think it's a big step down to the likes of? Brad Webber, Joe Powell. Uh, I do. Yeah. Brad uh, Webber? Look, uh, uh, I mean. Wasn't Brad Webber the top halfback two years ago? No, Brad, Brad Webber had an average of 29.5. Two last, years ago. Last year. I could probably tell you what he, his average was two years ago. But, I mean, he, he's constantly faced competition in that jersey. So, and, I mean, he might continue to face um, with Triple T. So, well, Teteora Ora Rangi has not gotten much game time off him in a long time well done he, yeah, yeah well done. true so no he he might be out there but look i mean throughout last last year mm. pre-covid he was on 36 average in that kind 36? of six and that kind of little break between the two those couple games he had an average of 21 and then post-covid it was 28 so for me i mean even if you average that out and you give him his last couple of years prior to that, a 41 in 2019 and a 33 in 2018, his average over all that is 32. But 2019, you're telling me the, the last full season, he averaged 41 points. I mean, this full season. And he season, was exceptional. No, no, the last full season was this year and he got 29.5. It's and changing. Though. So we should just scrap all these stats? Could be me. But we'll look, he, he could be up there. But for me, I, I, I don't feel him as secure as the other four. I think that's, for me, it's pretty simple. Just full, very secure people are going to be week in, week out, no questions asked.
1: Fair enough. What's our vault looking like?
0: So our vault with Katie at 44.7 and Powell at 28.6. Our vault is 16.1. So I mean, a significant drop. It's almost two points per mm. per player. Considering, the, this, I, I guess the big thing here is there's only eight being taken.
1: Yeah. Does, does anyone else see it, see it the same way I did? It's Tate, and otherwise I don't care. They're like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I don't Come know. Scu- I could see Come Gordon, Scubelli, there.
0: Brad Weber. There's not a huge difference between the others. Yeah. If you're if you're low in that, you just don't want the eighth, mate. You don't want to be stuck with yeah. like a Finlay Christie or something, yeah. or a Tamatine, mate. But that's or your, Powell. No, Joe Powell has always scored pretty consistently. Consistently average 28.6 last year. Consistently average, I agree. Yeah, excellent. And look, Smokies to round that up. So, Smokies, we've got Thomas Cubelli. Uh, he hasn't had consistent game time since 2017 when he was at the Brumbies, um, when he had similar points to Aaron Smith, who we had a second last year and we've got in our top four. So, he'll probably be squeezing in you know, just outside that top four mm. if he has a, a, has a decent season. Um, it's hard to know how you're going to go in this Western force. Side, you know, mm. lot, lots of exciting. Western yeah, I mean, it's very exciting, but there's not a lot of cohesion, so it, mm. it adds a bit of an unknown,
1: I think, for for p- people in the yeah. the Western Force. Benny Darwin does have has little faith with the. Uh
0: That's not, that's actually not true. You're putting words in his mouth. He actually thinks that the competition is pretty low on cohesion in general, which means he actually has a lot more faith than you would think on the entire side in regards to how they might deal with the cohesion. Yeah. He was just, he he says they're lower and that's fair enough. They are lower in their cohesion. A lot of these guys coming from other countries, they're not playing, you know, even under twenties and all this sort of coming through together.
1: Excellent. Now, while uh, whilst Harry is, we got oh, one more. We oh, got one more. Sorry, mate. Right.
0: Falao Fakatava, don't leave that bloke out. Oh, if mate. He... <laughs> oh nice. If he gets the chance to uh, get get some good game time, he will be very exciting. This is a smoky by all. It um, is by a smok- no stretch of the imagination because he has to beat Aaron Smith for a jersey. But I agree. Yeah. Let's say someone yeah. goes down, Aaron Smith. The only oh, one that he, <laughs> I'd be picking him up first pick next week. He does 100 percent He does
1: also have an epic mullet as well. So right. he does. He does. But he, he was abs,
0: an absolute weapon in the minor True. ten, but you, you can't see him taking over Smith. He, it has to be a Smith injury.
1: Very yeah. good. Now, whilst Harry is ready, locked and loaded to get into the outside backs, I was thinking I might quickly take us through the locks so we can finish on those outside backs, the exciting stuff.
0: And it is more fun. We've got fly halves,
1: okay? Oh, well, we do have fly halves to go. Yeah, so let's not. Do you want to jump to the outside backs or do you want to leave it to the... To... No, yeah, let's go to outside backs. All right. All right, that's why everyone's here. I everyone's just mean here. everyone's going to leave after the outside backs. I you know uh, disagree, me? mate. <laughs> Greg, of, can you leave?
0: Locks are very right. exciting right. and I can't wait for fly halves, personally. But okay, outside backs. Yep, let's do it. Raise the energy levels. Wow, okay. This is so stacked in the outside backs every single year that you may well just disregard everything I say or you may take this as absolute gospel. Are you
1: just going to say Crusader's back line and we move on? Is that- yep. Uh, Yeah, and so the locks. And to the locks.
0: Okay,
1: so this is what I've got.
0: You guys, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what you think. I've got number one. This burns me because it's so hard, but number one, David Havili. Man, he's my number one for the whole comp, so... 41.3 41.3 average, points per minute is 0.67. But let's remember that he did that coming off a couple of injuries and barely getting game time because his body was so ruined in the, in Super Rugby out that hour. He was easily the top scorer. I think he scored in the 90s in round one of last year. He then did. he played fly like He played everywhere. He's outrageous. My only worry is if he plays in the centres.
1: Yep, mm-hmm. and I reckon uh, the guy who's got number two, is my topic.
0: Will Jordan's the other option. He was my second but, uh, topic for the whole comment. Yep. 52.1 <laughs> average, which is just outrageous. Mm. Uh, 0.77 points per minute. That was actually lower than we expect, expected it to be when we were first looking at our numbers. It was up there about a point a minute for a long time. Mm. Sever Reese. Now, there's a man that we Ooh. thought oh, last year, you know, maybe he's not quite as high as what we thought. Maybe we've seen the end of him. Actual fact, his three-round average was 56.3 points. He's up there higher than Will Jordan's average for the season. He finished so, so strong. He still only had a, a measly 40.8 average. So it's massive even though he didn't have a good start to the year. Even, even though he,
1: he felt anonymous, yeah. That's still right. Still
0: a 40-point average. Still a 40-point average, 0.6 points per minute. And the other thing is you've got da- uh, injuries to Braden Enor, George Bridge, Mattaele, He's going to start the season every single week, I would think, for the first four to six weeks. How do you take He's, it off him? I mean, we've seen what he did two years ago. If he plays anything like he did in the last three rounds of last year mm-hmm. or all of 2019, no one is taking that jersey, and he will once again become the game-breaker. Two years ago, we were saying whoever has Severus wins every single round because yeah. he got 100 points And, and that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. literally. He almost caught me up from last <laughs> <laughs> single-handedly my team was everyone was injured and he just did it himself uh, i've got to keep naming players because yep, outside so. backs has so many and you're picking 24 dmac. I was a little bit worried, but he finished real strong. He's got a 41.9 average and a 0.52 points per minute. Mm. So that means if he's playing whole games, he should be scoring at least 40 points again. I think he'll continue to get better. Sometimes ACLs do take a little while to get that spring back, and that's the whole foundation of his game. Yeah. So I expect the Chiefs to be better and D-Mac to be better. Call it a 45 average. All of a sudden, he's incredibly competitive again. Mm. Filippo Dungunu was the best outside back for the Super Rugby AU competition. He had a 40.9 average, 0.62 points per minute, which is up there just above Sebra Reese, which, I mean, I think says it all. Yeah. Uh, the Reds are going from strength to strength, and I expect them to be more dominant again this year with their attacking play. Um, and you can
1: say, and with Suliasi Woody Barley.
0: No, no, that wouldn't have any factor. And, uh, and finally, I'll, I'll just put in one other name, Jordy Barrett. Um, I don't think he's quite the highlights reel that those other guys are, but he's just rock solid, 0. 0.52 points per minute. 38.3 average, and he kicks some goals. He can do everything. And again, I just believe that
1: with TJ Perinari gone, he's going to take more and more responsibility, which means he's going to get more and more points. Yeah, and put it this way. Look, there is certainly Artie Sevilla as captain and Nani Lomape, but almost the first guy you pick, like you're guaranteed pick to go on the Arrigan's team, is Shorty Barrett. He yep. just has to be on the field because he can cover everything. So,
0: A little bit like David Avili. It's just like, well, he's the best player no matter where he plays. <laughs> yeah. Just put him on the team.
1: 100%. I've I've got some big
0: value increases, and here's I feel like my first one's probably my my takeaway from the whole podcast. I hope. I hope I don't regret saying it, but (laughs) Celsi Rayasi. Now, last year he had an average of three points. This year there is no blam. He is blam. This year he is blam. So (laughs) blam out of (laughs) three. Let him at a 38.5 mm. average. Mm. I think he's a very good shout to take Vince Arso on and take that left wing jersey for all of Super Rugby Alteroa. The only risk is for the Trans Tasman where he may go over to the Sevens competition. So that will be my big caution to you, which is it's, it's the rumors are maybe where they go, when they go. Mm. But really, I think being on the left wing of the Hurricanes, oh, they're going to be competing for third to fifth, but he's just if he gets ball. He's super fast, super quick, easily the top try scorer for the Minor 10 Cup last year. I think he had three or four more tries than the next best. Hmm. He is an absolute weapon and should be worth huge points. He's going to make Blam's last season look quiet. <sighs> That's fair. Sorry,
1: mate.
0: I do. <laughs> Lester Anuku, another huge riser on this one. 0.67 yeah. points per minute. So I've got him up there uh, as some of the highest. And look, I think we saw moments of brilliance from him as he made his name last year. I've got a few of his highlight scores here, 55, 42, 85, and 50 points. He can put those big, big scores in. I don't think he's got a full season of big scores, but I think the first half of the season is his time. I, he's not he, going to be your first choice outside back, but when mm-hmm. you got George Bridge coming back, that's the time to sh- shovel him off. George Bridge mid-April from memory? Uh, he could be back a few weeks in, yeah. So I mean, you, we're expecting him to get maybe three weeks, four weeks, something along those lines before we see Bridge return. You're you looking up now, so mid-April, yeah, that's mid-April. Right. So, I mean, for me, is it, a smoky pick. But uh, m- m- mid-April, six weeks or something—that's big.
1: That's the true. that st- Starts end of yeah. Feb. Well, that's that's massive. Yeah. Absolutely, he's uh, definitely competing for a jersey, uh, and I think. A little uh, insight that, whilst we didn't get a chance to watch the uh, round nine, the Highlanders Crusaders trial match that was tonight, because we were too busy prepping for this pod. Because uh, it was today, today, yesterday. It's yesterday yep. now, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Defying Anuku actually was playing in centre, outside centre jersey. Yeah, so I, mean, I don't know if I, if we they do it with seven. Yeah, as yeah, well I don't know if we see that prominently, but just I guess. They're a little low on centre at the moment, so they're like, look, why not see if we can get him on the field there? You know. Well, so. that's,
0: no, that's another option. That's you can point. slot him into centre <laughs> and you can keep Povili really in the outside back. Yeah, exactly. So you said round nine would be mid-April. Mid, Mid-April. Round nine would be uh, – the... oh, sorry, that's Super Rugby AU round nine. That's round eight for us. Right, yeah, so I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yep, I'd, I'd take that. That's pretty good as well. Mm. Uh, another riser, I mean, Kagi named him as God's gift to fantasy points this year. Solomon Alamalu. Oh, yeah. I agree. I think he's in for a much bigger year. I mean, to be fair, we every year we say that he's going to be one of the top <laughs> scorers. He had a 29.7 average, which is pretty average. Mm. Uh, he had a 0.49 points per minute, which isn't too bad. But – Pre-COVID, I think importantly, his average was 39.6, which puts him in that not top, top tier, but probably the next one down to call it, 5th to 10th kind of outside backs. And I I think that should be at least where he's ranked 5th, 6th, 7th, that kind of positioning. So I think he's in for a big year with his move. And if he gets to play half
1: his games under the roof, then come on. And that's the thing, right? Like that's just where you make your fantasy points playing under the roof. So I think that could be huge. And I really want to see him at fullback. I don't want to see him on the wing. I want to see him take and own that fullback jersey. I don't know whether it's going to happen. But they do have, what, Jonah Narecki, uh you um, think, locked one wing down. Yeah. So he could be the other winger uh, or fullback. Depends how they want to play. it. If, if we bounce back to his 2018 scores as well, he had
0: 51 point average. This is why we mention him every year. It's, yeah, uh, he's huge. And outside that, the year before, uh, year after that, he had 37. You know, like, he's, he's up there. And that's, you know, sharing time. Mm. Uh, he might have had a niggling injury that season as well in 20, 2019. Mm. So, yeah, he's got to be up there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely, definitely a riser. And and the other thing is, I think a lot of leagues you're going to get him later than you should, mm. which is probably the the best value kind of pick so far. Absolutely. Uh, who else? Look, value drops. Caleb Clark. Disagree uh, with me. I know. I know. I know. Kargi's definitely going to disagree with me, but he's an exceptional player. I had an exceptional year. I think you might just see like a Sebu year, a Sebu Reese year two. If he drops eight points to forty, that's still a big drop. Yeah, look, I, I I am on the same wavelength as you. I, I still think he'll be devastating, but to replicate that week in, week out, when people are prepared for you as well. You know, that's that's why a lot of a lot of players in that second year don't have as devastating a year, especially as a hard running winger for me. I think that's you have to add something else. He's very young, he's he's developing, so he definitely can do it. But he, Yeah, just maybe an edge off it. The the other thing I would say is I don't think he's as consistent as what you want him to be. He had one blinder in the international tests and then he had a couple of quiet games as well where they managed to hold him down. Last three average for him was 36.7 so he didn't finish as strong as he started and then I think not having Bowden to facilitate how that team runs is a big thing as well. He, He had four big games without Bowden Barrett in the side and look, they're a complete mixed bag as I said, inconsistent. 69 28 63 and nine so big small big small mm. fantastic for those big weeks but can also be disappointing and, and that's my worry for him mm. and that's something you've really got to take into account when you're picking a player you want this guy to be you know getting 40 every week rather than 51 week and 20 the next week yeah
1: this is unless the blues just take up my uh, direction of playing steven Perifetta at uh, 10 Bringing on uh, Imoni Narawa or Zan Sullivan at fullback, and uh, that's an all-out attacking backline right there. So, and he's look, I, I should preface this with he was the
0: second ranked overall average for outside back, so yeah. he's still bloody good no matter what. That's why yeah. a lot of people will disagree. He's not. You. He's not yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Call him 10th, mate. I'll call he, him I mean, he did. 5th to 10th this he, year. He just did. below Solomon Alamalo. I still haven't He, him in he top did ten, run like over you. the entire Wallaby side and That's then right. went back for more. He so, did. Correct. He did. Shawnee Stevenson, I think he could be in for a drop despite Solomon Alamalo going. So, shooter. Atene any Saturo, I like the looks of him. I think he's got a bit of extra competition in the outside backs this year despite Alamalo's uh, departure. And I just don't think he's ever really owned a Super Rugby jersey. And, again, I I could be wrong, but I just don't think that he's going to have it all his own way this year. Mm. DHP as well, look, he's got big concussion issues. So I think he's going to struggle to get consistent game time, and I wouldn't be picking him because you just don't know when he's coming back. That's since the test season last year. Yeah, Yeah. and he's been getting migraines right up until this date. So he's already missing that first game with no end in sight. It's not good. So not round two. Also no means his fitness could be trashed, to be honest, because he's he been doing his bike right only by the yeah. sounds of it. It's terrible. Mm. And uh, and so we wish him well, obviously. And Tommy yeah. Wright as well uh, <laughs> has a bruised bone in his knee and, and could miss the first six weeks as well. So you've got to keep that in mind when you're looking at outside backs. Yep. Very good. Number of valuable options. i got eight. So I've got my first uh, six that I mentioned, and then I've thrown Caleb Clark, Mark DeLayer in there as well. So... Call it nine with Salman Alamalo. Uh, you need three each. That means that 24 get picked. So it sounds really good. Oh, there's nine fantastic outside backs. But that's one apiece. Like so you, you got to go get two of those. If you can get two of them, you are ahead of the game. You're doing very, very well. And my tactic has always been get two
1: good outside backs. Two good outside backs and then straight into two good back, back rowers. Back rowers. Yep, that's <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Harry's plan. That's me. Year.
0: There's one guy that I am I might be missing here, but noreki yeah, Jan Arecki's definitely oh, yeah. up there as well. I, I originally had him as my as one of my really strong picks. His average is just not as high as mm. you think. Um, he's one of my favourite outside backs in the competition because he's so skilled, but uh, maybe just below the class that we said by a narrow margin. Again, call him eighth to twelfth. Like, I don't think he's the long way out of it. He's a very mm. good outside back. I think the big thing for him is he just had some low scoring games. As well, so he we had some some big games, but through that middle of the season, he had a couple sevens. Yeah, he, um, his issue was the first couple of rounds of Super Rugby out he got a couple of sevens in a row, so that that kind of brought his average down. But it still wasn't enough to push him up into that next tier. Yep, mm, number good. of uh, the difference between first and and the twenty fourth pick, the Volpe. Uh Look, Willie Jordan on a fifty two average. A 24th was Andrew Kellaway on a 28 average, which means the vault is 23.8 points. So similar kind of numbers to some of the bigger vaults on the other positions, except obviously there's more players to fit into that, which means the drop-off isn't quite as steep. You want to get one at least one of those top eight, you need top to nine. If you don't, you're screwed. Yeah, these, uh, and then beyond that, I, I think you can kind of start to stop stressing a little bit. If you get those top handful, they can single-handedly win you games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'll, I'll round it out. uh, Smokies, Kagi's boys, Suliasi Bonavalu. Apparently, he averaged a million points in the NRL per game. Correct. Um, But mind you, it's the NRL. The man
1: can finish and show me a better athlete in Super Rugby. Okay, yeah, I'll show you. plenty. Caleb Clark, Severis, Solomon Alamalo. He is an absolute Adonis. Angus Bell. A freak. Okay, well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll back Angus Bell on it. You know, don't go to Tommy my Bull. don't go to my don't weak. Know, don't go to my weak point with the
0: props, okay? It's a, I'm not, Okay. I'm going for the okay, bigger okay. bodies as well. Smokey, <laughs> smokey, smokies, smokies. Chase Teartail, I think, is a really good smokey. Obviously left the Hurricanes. I think he could get a starting side this a starting position this year. I think that he's a choice at fullback, obviously, or wing, but he always scores well when he plays. He's got a 41.9 average despite not playing enough minutes, 0.52 points per minute. Mm. He's going to the Chiefs. I think that he could be really, really you, big. You think he's in with a shot for a starting wing jersey? Yeah, I do. I really do. Yeah. I think he's excellent. Yeah. I, and I, I think he's shooters' big big risks, to be honest. Mm. Um Mackenzie Hansen is a name that I think not a lot of people are thinking about. I've got him down here as 0.66 points per minute. He came on at fullback a lot for Tom Banks, so originally I didn't think that he was going to be the the option. But the Brumbies played him on wing in their trial, and he was again very very good. So Tom Wright's gone for six weeks. Mackenzie I mean, Hansen to me is can the we call obvious him Mac choice. Mack Hansen. Why are we calling Mackenzie? Because that's his name. But it's don't worry about that, him. mate. Yeah. Uh, Mac Hansen. And then Mac Noanganitawasi as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is The wing yeah, was he great? I think it's about Marky
0: Mark. Yeah, Marky Mark, average of twenty nine point four points, but he's again, he's points per minute, 0.
1: 0.5 and, points per minute. And hold on, have we talked about him without saying he scored two tries against Crusaders in his first game? In <laughs> his debut, yeah, yeah, look, yeah.
0: yeah, he he can finish.
1: So that means four tries against everyone else. Good. But look, he a
0: tremendous attacking player. The risk is that he doesn't get a starting jersey. I really hope he does. But in our competition, at least, you've got the very big advantage of seeing how Super Rugby AU rolls out their teams round in round one. round one and round two with us drafting on a Thursday. Mm. Team name that lineups for all of Super Rugby AU will be on a Wednesday. So we did, I did have us. that in the dessert, but let's throw it out there. Okay. Well, now you know. Spoilers.
1: Speaking of... That is brilliant. Yeah. Skipping on. Is that all your players, Harry? It is. Fantastic. Let's get a swift move on. Locks. We're jumping back to locks and then we'll round it out with the fly halves. Locks top picks, Fergus Lee, Warner. This man speaks for himself. 40.4 average, 0.54 points per minute. He's a back rower who plays in the locks, basically. I, um, he, we're having
0: him at lock again this year.
1: We are having him at lock again. Look, he just played the trial game at lock, uh, and the Force do have a plethora of good back rowers, actually. So. And not... And not to, and not too totally many locks, so I think in, despite I'm sure he would want to be playing. They're even thinking the about the picking six. up Blake and never should be playing Super Rugby. Again. Blakey never getting the start in Jersey. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, look, he he never been talked about on this podcast again. How about that? Um, so anyway, firstly, Warner, It doesn't matter whether he's playing in the back row or the locks uh, in terms of his fantasy points. Work rate. It's not like he's breaking off those scrums super fast. He's a work rate player big carrying role, but they had plenty of big carriers last year, Standard, uh, Stowers, um, you know, and other... him. That's it. Fair uh, enough. Uh, weapon back, right? Yep. But um, they, uh... you pull me across. I oh, know. Look, you want to see my beautiful face in camera. You can check us out on YouTube um, just in case <laughs> I hadn't mentioned that already. Uh, yeah. So look, he was a top prop, uh, top lock rather. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is again. Um, <laughs> did you just say prop again? <laughs> I did. I did. It's my, my default. You know, default <laughs> setting. When you get tired, you just go back through. to prop. Yeah. Push, push, mate. Sam Whitelock, uh, a name, we've probably all heard of Sam Whitelock. Look, um, 32.4 average. He came in the, the end of the season. Um, he's just con- missed a consistency. He's going to be starting. I mean, he's been starting for the Crusaders and the All Blacks for I don't even know how many years now, since since Nelson was born probably. Um, probably. And, and look, he'll be partnering Scotty Barrett. My next one of my next top locks. Uh, Scott was the captain for the Crusaders last year. Uh, with Sam Whitelock kind of on sabbatical. Was injured for basically all of Super Rugby Aotearoa, though, right? Was injured, though, for the, pretty much the whole thing. But um, look, he had he kind of just started coming into fantasy form in the year before that, in 2019. Yeah. Years prior, he'd, he'd kind of not been a very good fantasy player. But um, no, I'd certainly have both the... I mean, first of all, they're Crusaders. Second of all, they're going to be starting all the time. They're the All Blacks, Locks, uh, Sam Whitelock and Scott Barrett to do well. And lastly... Uh, the third all black lock. So we have Fergus Lee Warner and the three all black locks, Patrick to two captain of the blues. Um, he had an average, it was only 25.9, but look, I mean, the locks don't have particularly high averages. So as the captain, he'll be playing bulk minutes. Um, and let's just, you know, he's, he's all Patrick to is always going to get you somewhere between 25 and 30. I, I reckon in, uh, in terms of the averages by the end of the season. So he's who I'd be going with. Um, Moving to biggest value increases, uh, Trevor Hosea, player we're excited about. Um, mm. He kind of, I guess, came out of nowhere from the under-20s into the Rebels last year and into the Wallabies. So um, we just happen to have no locks in the country. and um, No Australian locks in the country. No Australian locks in the country. And, uh, yeah, we're very excited about him. So uh, huge wraps on him. He's gone through a good full year of super rugby of wallabies training he's put on some size and he's uh, quite clearly the number one lock at the rebels and has a a real some big role to play so i think he's due for a big year jack wetton from the highlanders uh is my other one for a value increase he's signed with the tars thank god captain mud's gone and uh wetton replacing the wet pillow mate it's it's a thing of beauty um (laughs) So, yeah, look, he was playing really well for the Highlanders, just kind of no-nonsense work rate second rower. So um, we're expecting him to start every game for the Tars. He's a big body as well. And and do a job. I mean, the the Waratahs are looking
0: to play, as we said, that sort of loose dynamic game Mm. where they're going to have to have those forwards working hard in tight to be able to give them the ability to do it. So Mm. I think that's going to really benefit someone like him. They're going to use him as a bit of a battering battering ram in tight.
1: Yeah, which which will be good. Biggest value drop. Uh, Harry has real trouble saying his name, so I'll ask you to say his name, Harry. Uh, Caden Neville. Oh, he's hey, ladies and gentlemen. Two in the morning, he Catter pulls it Neville. out. C- yeah. Catter and Neville. Uh, big Caden. Look, just a big body. The Brumbies brought him back. Um, big K. Just big K, special K. <laughs> he starts with C, man. Big <laughs> C. Did I say okay? You did. <laughs> oh, well, God, there you go, um, guys. It's two AM. His yeah. value is decreasing because of the likes of James Tucker, brought across from New Zealand, and uh, Nick Frost, who also is a I uh, have down as a smoky for this year. I've talked enough about Nick Frost in this in the the previews of our other podcasts. Uh, really excited about him. Uh, also junior coming out of the junior wallabies. Uh, I think this will be the year he'll get a real push on. And um, the rangy giraffe, mate. the rangy giraffe. Yep. I think um, we could see big things from him as a smoky uh, number of valuable options. Literally I'm leaving it at the, at the four, as I said, Fergus Lee Warner, both Crusaders locks, Samuel locks, Scott Barrett and Patrick Tui Uh Beyond them, you know, like I said, there's a few guys. Trevor Hosea, Jack missed Mr. Consistence. But, Locke, I have to say, is probably the least exciting position in fantasy for me. Mm, especially no. at the moment. Well, you, you basically just want Fergus Lee Warner. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. If you don't, if, if he it, can
0: replicate that. I, I mean, we think he can, yeah, but I mean... I think he can, yeah. I mean, what, look,
1: I, I've got another two players in Smokies when we get to it. But mm. um, the uh, the Volp, 1st and 8th. Uh, 16th. 16th. You stuffed it, didn't you? Cool. <laughs> um well the top of Thursday Warner was on forty point four and the sixteenth member was on eighteen point six. So that, that is a Volvo of twenty two. That's quite big. Which is quite big, but as we said, but guess, let's let's say it's an eight point
0: drop from first to second. Yeah. Which means it's actually a fourteen <laughs> point drop from second to sixteenth. Cool. So then it's less than a point of position. So it's actually not big if you don't get Fergus Lee Warner.
1: I like it. Um, And Smokies. (laughs) I mentioned Nick Frost. I'm excited about him. Otherwise, uh, a player Harry's very excited about. Menaki Selby Ricketts for the Mm -hmm. Highlanders. Uh, Yeah, we think that this could be his year too, particularly with a few of the Landers moving on. Josh Dixon and him, uh, I think, he's, is he a little injured this season or not, Manabi's no. Manabi? No. He's a little good. bit injured. No, not, not to my knowledge. Fantastic. Well, he's going to do some injuring to some other players on yes. the field. And, um, yeah, I think this is really his opportunity, and he, he could be in for a huge year. So, in terms of locks, as we said, not very exciting. If you want someone to take a gamble on him. Well, they've lost Perry Perry Parkinson as well. Right? They've lost Perry Perry Chicken, the big man, the big fro. So, it's really Josh Dixon and Manaki. Um, yeah. I wish it was Amanaki, but it's yeah. just Minaki. So very good. And uh, look, my other Smoky is Tim Anstey, um, Sevens player. I know we harp on about a lot of the Sevens players who've come across, but uh, big they t- continue to disappoint. They continue yeah, to not, not get a run, basically. You no, know, the,
0: the issue is that
1: they're Australian Sevens players; they're not
0: Kiwi Sevens players. <laughs> yes, yes, that's <they're> true. <laughs> look, the, the argument was for at least the Melbourne Rebels Sevens players. Sevens players was. The coach was trying to win a short competition, so he didn't know them well enough to give them a chance. Whereas Mm. now he's had that full season as well as the preseason. He's got a lot of history training with them to know that they're up for it. And Tim Anstey's put on size. He's obviously been working his ass off for this opportunity. He's a good athlete. Mm. I I think it's a pretty good smoky
1: pick. I think it's good. I'm a fan. And as I said, look, as we said earlier, the force, they don't really have any locks, which is why Fergus Lee Warner's in there. And Tim Anstey will be... I reckon Tim Anstey will be partnering with him. Look, And he, he certainly he's had to put on a bit of size because in sevens, obviously, you run a lot leaner. He's still a, still a big, tall bloke. Very, very quick. But he certainly has to put on a bit of size. But I think he, he's got a motor. He's going to go all game. And it's kind of like that same kind of thing. The, the force will almost be rocking two back row locks.
0: Yeah, there, look, mm. I, there's a chance we see one of those two in that number six jersey as well. Mm. You know? So,
1: yeah. I mean, they're, between those two, they've got three potential
0: positions. Yeah.
1: So... Yeah. That's Lox, who, uh, who's going to round us out with some fly halves so we can We're sh- fly to on it. into dessert.
0: Yeah, we can, we can share it. Look, we'll start off with the top fly halves. Uh, fly, house. <laughs> fly halves. Um, fly halves. Fly halves on him. Look, the first one is, I mean, he's got to be the first draft pick. If you're not picking him, you're a lunatic. It's Ricky Moore. He's
1: never been so clear.
0: 532 total points. 100 points clear of anyone else. Forty-eight point four average, which is sixteen point two points clear. We did say Cody Taylor was one hundred and eighty points clear. We did, yeah, pretty big.
1: Yeah, well, and what was his vault? Harry is here, here trying to convince someone to pick Cody Taylor first. Yeah, he's trying to get in your hands. I am. I am. The mind do, do, you want, do you want
0: to go check out his vault, and we can? No, I, I look, the difference. I think for Cody Taylor was eleven points. Richie Moong has a sixteen point difference between first two. and second. So. I mean, if you're looking purely on value-based drafting, what's, who do you lose the most by not picking? It's Richie Mullinger. And, and can we also point out that his last three average is 85.7. And his last five, his last five is, is 78. 78. He just got
1: better. He's, he's, and he's
0: just getting better. His, la, are, his
1: last three average is about the same as Nelson's entire fantasy team. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I need him in my team. He's almost up there with Reese's twenty nineteen form. Sure,
0: hundred hundred almost. That <laughs> is brilliant. The the other ones in the the top half fly halves. We've got James O'Connor. You know, Chelsea. developing. I love, more. I love how your tone of voice just dropped. Like, all right, we're <laughs> past Richie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. The there you go, James O'Connor. tells the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> no, James
0: O'Connor, very good. Sorry. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean to cut you down. No, no, James is a, a good <laughs> player. Craig's didn't put in his stats like he was meant to. But look, he, he's just developed and come back and really, really matured for the Reds. Very influential for them. He, he's not a bad fantasy player. Got the ability to break the line himself, um, beat defenders. Um, he's, I think he's listed in our as a, a centre. Currently, he needs to be changed across. He will be changed across. He, he will be playing as a fly half, no doubt. But look, he's, he's <laughs> a very influential player. It's clearly late for Harry. Technical difficulties. So his, his average last year was actually 38.4 with 0.51 points per minute. And, I mean, just the out-and-out out start. He should be getting every single minute for them. Um, they've, they've lost a, a backup or two there as well. Like you said, his five-round average was 51 points. Like, we're, we're looking at how crazy Richie's was. Yeah, but James O'Connor's was also extremely good. Mm. Yeah, look, he's a, a very good player. Um, we then go across to Joshuani, the the man that's always one step away from Moana in my eyes. He's Moana, absolutely brilliant. Moana 2.0. Yeah, that's harsh, but fair. Um, look, he, he only had a 30.5 average last season with a 0.47 points per minute. But again, at the last three average of 61. What's with all these fly halves killing it in the last few weeks? Last five average. And it'll be the same for the Kiwis because they'll be
1: versus Aussies. So they're going to have big ones at the back end of this year too. Yeah, the last few weeks were nuts. Those are those, those weeks Aaron Smith was like, yeah, you know, on a, just like on fire. Then average, to, to round it out, we've
0: got Noah Alessio with a 34.8 in his first season and Will Harrison um, who he had 425 total points. Um, second and over and a hundred points clear of the following, but a 32.2 average. He just got bulk minutes last year. Mm. We expect him to get bulk minutes this year. And, and for those two, you know, vying for a, a spot in that Wallaby squad and that one year of extra maturity, that one year of professional coaching there and more chances, the, well, they're going to continue to build. The best thing about Will Harrison is he's such an accurate goal. Cause yeah. So if you don't get your Richie Moe, James O'Connors, you want someone that's going to bank your consistent points As long as the Tars are scoring points, which it looks like they can, Mm. then uh, he's a very good shout. Funny thing about him is he he didn't start that solid in his kicking pre-COVID. And then, you know, they they were talking about developing and changing their kicking techniques. Mm. And he just, faster than all the other Aussies, he clicked and and got that new technique really, really quickly. So, I mean, you've got to expect him to continue that form. Some others, like Alessia, might actually improve and and Yep. Yep. Do you want to take us across into the biggest increase? Yeah, so the, the biggest value increase is, I thought no-brainer, Bryn Galland. So he's average huge, 1.5 points. Man. I think his only points for the season must have been That's beating right. his dad's team. <laughs> <laughs> but um, look, I, I think he's probably the favourite for me for for the fly half
1: jersey. Um, Although you did just tough. watch that uh, Reves Rah- Rahana video. Definitely it's a young mate. Butchered his name. Yeah, but, um, yeah look, he's. I he think he's just... Dead. I,
0: I know I'm the, with you. I think he's too young. He's too Caleb, Caleb Trask is the obvious other option, but my gut feeling is personally it, is he's been brought over to be the top five, half number one by Dad. But also, the Chiefs cannot afford to have another bad year. They just can't. The coach will be gone. Yeah. So, if that's the case, they that need someone means who's up to the Trask. They need someone that's up to the Gatland. Well, the the other question marks, you know, with the Lions, <laughs> what, what's happening with Gatlin? Because is he going to be there more and, and filling that role of a, an assistant this year? Yeah, hard, hard to know. McMillan, Clayton, Clayton McMillan. Yeah, there will be it, well, Who knows what he's thinking, to be honest. But Joshuani, the other one, we, we mentioned him already. He had a 30.5 average. Last three average, though, was 61, I think you mentioned. Last five, 40 average and a point four seven points per minute. He finished strong, and the the issue for him was that he came in late and he had to wrestle with Mitch Hunt to get that starting jersey. Super Rugby pre-COVID, they were they were looking at him as potentially an inside centre, which just stuffed him around it really as well. Him up. So I think if he starts the year at 10... He has the potential to jump mm. his average significantly. Maybe not 61, point, 61 points, but uh, I would be not,
1: not surprised at all if he was top three. Yeah, I agree. Oh, he should be right up there. Yeah, no, I'm excited about him. He, uh, he's a player who, who I guess most similarly plays like Richie Moana, a lot of um, similar yeah. styles yeah. of play. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing now? We're doing the, the biggest drop. Value drop. Biggest drops. Uh, John O'Lantz. Uh, unfortunately for Jono, there has been a few players kind of come in and steal his thunder. We've had uh, Domingo Miotti, who we think will be starting at the force, uh, Architain International. Miotti, we went back and looked at, at his stats uh, pre-COVID. He had... Um, am, I, am I stealing one of Smoky as well? Sorry, Nels. Too bad, mate. Um, he had yeah, yeah. Uh, two, two, two games where he started for the Jaguares And uh, look, it's safe to say that he nailed it in those games. He had a point... Uh, four, points per minute and he scored 59 and 43 points in those two games. So when he actually got a go, he was killing it. So um, the reason, yeah, John Alain's dropping down. We've had Miotti and uh, Jake McIntyre come back. So uh, we've still got Jack McGregor around who I guess is still trying to buy. He's trying to buy for that fullback role and now battling with Rob Carney. And, um, And will be an outside back option for us as well, I should say. Yeah, very good. So... Yeah, so Jono, I don't know where he fits in the pitch. Obviously, he can can play fullback. He can play almost anywhere in the backs, but he, he's more, a fullback or a fly half. Might That'd be um, a more of a mix of Mister Fix it off experience. Bench, so. Bench. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and number of valuable options. We've done it five for fly halves. Otherwise, don't worry about it. But it's really Richie Daylight and uh, move on.
0: Yeah, Richie. Then there's a couple, but look, they're, I, they're a long
1: way down. I, I'd still think James O'Connor.
0: And Joshua are tier two. Yeah. And then you're looking at your Noel Alessio's, Will Harris's. Yeah. I agree. It it, it just continues to go step by step. So I think it is important not to be stuck with the bottom ones. Mm. Yeah. If you you miss out on Moanga, which you should if you're not first, then you need to get one of those next
1: two. Or else you're actually going to be missing a fair bit. The the, vault. Yep. So uh, are you going to take us into it? Nels, why don't you, mate? Uh, you no got, problem. You've
0: got, you got the same here to get us through the end of this pod. R- Richie Moonga with his 48.5 average. He was in number one, clearly. In our number 16, uh, number eight. Right. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy worrying about Craig's. Number eight was Jack McGregor with 21 points. It actually so, wasn't. It was um, John O'Lance, sorry. Don't worry, I fixed Five, it. Six, seven, eight. I got Jack McGregor. I know you do because you don't have James O'Connor. All right, fair. Um, so then, when we're looking at that, that is, was easy to follow. Yeah. So just. So what, what was the vault? Good, good fix. Uh, Twenty-seven point four. Woo! Big vault. Yeah. Very, and very sixteen points of that is Richie Moe, which yep. once again means eleven points in the next seven positions. Not second row insignificant, but pretty insignificant. <laughs> yeah, Richie Manga and all else. Yep. Yeah. Very uh, good. Look, right. we we already went through the smoky of Miotti. Oh, yeah. yeah, the other one was we had Jake McIntyre there. Whoever gets that start, but we we all think it's going to be Miotti
1: and one day. And they're crazy if they don't. Yeah. I don't Kibeli, want
0: Kib- it to be Miodi. I want it to be
1: freaking uh, Jake McAdama. I want it to be Aussie all the time. Mate, I want to see Kubelli and Miodi. I want the force to try and win a game, just not against the task. All right. Well, that will bring us on into Deserto. <laughs> Deserto. <laughs> and maybe we'll finish this pod. And maybe we'll get to go to bed at some point. I don't know. Um, I'm, you know, I'm but... going to keep going for tomorrow, boys. <laughs> <laughs> right That's it. All right. Well, for dessert, our listeners' questions. Harry is going to, I don't know, go crank Drop up the kids aircon. At the pool, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, our first question was from Mitch Evans, 94, friend of the pod. Has Everyone he, knows he, it.
1: Has he ever um, asked a listener question? But have you ever listened to a pod,
0: like an Aussie rugby pod? can be South African, can be wherever, mm. where Mitch Evans wasn't a friend of the pod?
1: True. No, I haven't. Um, uh, so, yeah, he's really missed he, the podcast.
0: He said, how many Chiefs players do you expect to get drafted given they won't have actually played a game? They have a new coach. Which is contentious. We're not one hundred percent sure about, mm. and their starting fifteen might be slightly different to previous years. Also, who do you see as the top eight locks? He's really
1: he's gone hard on his pressing fantasy questions. So you can it, tell this is this is where he feels he has the least information.
0: Uh, yeah, not wrong at all. So, mm. where, where do you think we sit with how many Chiefs going to be in that? You know, that top tier. The uh,
1: yeah, the top eight. I think you're saying. Well, look, I think. You know, H- Harry, and I think you uh, – do you think we're all comfortable enough to say Damian McKenzie is getting up in there?
0: I think Damian McKenzie is going to be a lot higher.
1: Anton Lennar-Brown, we can definitely say, is going to be up there.
0: Yep, and there's probably – I mean, depending on your question marks with the back row, hmm. if you have the similar mindset as so, me, that you might have Boshi and Jacobson.
1: Yeah, if you listen to um, Harry and Nelson, uh, you've got two back rowers in there.
0: Yeah, well, no, Harry reckons that they're both going to be reduced this year. Because oh. they'll be sharing minutes. So mm-hmm. it depends. Harry, so we've got DMAC. We're talking Mac, potential echelon from the Chiefs. We've got Anton Leonard Brown. Um, and you had one
1: more? Uh, DMAC, Anton Leonard Brown.
0: Anyone else? I mean, Brad Webber, I think, is definitely in the uh, early ticks. Oh, you say he's a top. Oh, well, he's just gone. How many do we expect? So I'm thinking early. How many do we think going that first couple of rounds? Uh, no, I
1: think he's going to have. How many do you reckon will actually get drafted? Yeah, like, as in, a lot of chase players just won't get the uh, the nod. You'd um, be
0: picking them over Aussies. You'd be picking them over Western Force. Well, I, will.
1: I mean, I always pick the Kiwis. So that's.
0: Yeah, look, I, I yeah, I think a lot of them will get drafted. I think the early ones are obviously ALB and Damian McKenzie. But mm. I, I think depending on your league and when you're picking and what lineups you've seen, Lachlan Bosh is an obvious early pick. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you're looking for someone trying to be a bit of a smart-ass, you're going to see some of the other back rows going because they think that
1: they know too much. Um, I, I, I but think, well, but I, I think it's risky. As we've said, there's not that many centres. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if people go have, have a stab at... Um... Nank- not, and not, early, and Quint- no, not early no not early, no early. not early but i just mean get picked up and, yeah. and and again brad Weber. what was he 41 pre-covid
0: like mm-hmm. he has the potential to score some points again not too early but i i think it, he'll go earlier than a lot of people think because people will be scrambling scrambling around those mid mm-hmm. kind of pick halfbacks that he'll get snapped up so we still think fair to say you know the top couple rounds you're going to get DMAC. Anton Leonard Brown. Chase Tia. I think if he's named, if you're picking a draft. You're picking him first two rounds? First two rounds. Yeah, we're saying top, you know, he'll get picked up. Geez, the question keeps changing. I was going to say, I don't no, know we're saying, I know we're saying are. anymore.
1: Look, I think, mm. I think that's, those are the players really in the Chase. First Chiefs. two rounds it's Day of Andy. I think, I think yeah. someone will take a stab, and this kind of leads on to the next question. Someone will take a stab with the Chase locks, Tupo Vai and uh, Natu Akoi. just as in terms of young athletic locks, that hopefully you can produce something. Harry's big raps on Lachlan McHwannell. as because uh, everyone had big raps on Lachlan. <laughs> Go back and listen to the pod about that. But that, this leads us in so much talk on locks too. Uh, his second part of his question, who do we see in the top eight locks? And that's kind of just made me realize, uh, as I very quickly ran through who were the top locks, uh, a huge omission that uh, this was not us trying to keep a secret so everyone forgot about him. Luke Salakai Lodger. I don't know how we missed him, but... Um, yeah, True. He must have been listed on our sheet before. Yeah, this is where we get this added our
0: positions to Luca a uh, back row he, hey? We have
1: to deal with the, the positions that come in for he, the staff provider. He bit. still slots in at second. So mm. you know yeah. So sorry, to definitely I said before there's four good locks, def, well, definitely five. So top locks. Uh let's we got Lucan Lotto. as I said, the two Crusaders locks, Patrick Tui Pilotu, Fergus Lee Warner, so probably Fergus Lee Warner and Lucan Lotto up the top One there, two. followed by those three. Uh I don't know. Any particular order of them, mm. um, look, I,
0: I think Josh Goodhue is probably not a bad shout as a bit of a smoky as a work rate lock as well. Mm. Uh, Jack Weston, I think you're probably expecting him to be 23 25 point average, which means you'll probably go around, I think, seventh, we're, eighth to, pick as well. No. We said, oh, you said to a below two yeah. stop. Yeah. Out. That's yeah, it. Absolutely. So, that, yeah. so we had
1: five then, and look, I think we're comfortable enough, even though we listed him as a smoky, I think we're comfortable enough to. To give Menaki Selby Rickett a, a shout out in, in terms of if you've asked for the, the who do we think the top eight locks are, um, I'd go with them. It's uh, quite hard to find that
0: that eighth. You know, it's it's going to be someone stepping up to fill fill that role, I think, and that could I, be yeah.
1: Josh, Josh Dixon's yeah. the other one as well. I think yeah. simi- I think similarly. Look, you you want to bag yourself one of, one of these good locks, and then tr- if you're lucky, try and get get a. A filler like someone, you know, Jack Wedden to make a really good second mm. lock, things like that. So, yeah. um, I, I think the reality is if you don't get the first four or five, you don't really care about the
0: next six to eight. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> yep, for sure.
1: Right, well, I think you still want to get one after the first four or five, you still want to get one like mid tier. There's a mid tier one before it just drops off yep. completely. Mm. Um, but yeah so hopefully hopefully that helps Mitch I think that answers it and thank you actually that Orly. helped that helped me with forgetting about uh, LSL I don't know yeah, how we well did that yeah, yeah. so. but my new Lucan Salakaloto <laughs> also won't play in the first round first two uh, rounds.
0: first round yeah again casualty war details this yep. is the type of insider info you So he, he would have been players. playing round 1 won't play no, until three. round three. Round you're, three. Yeah, yeah, You're getting mixed up. Round, uh, three. round three is his first game because of his red card for the Wilders.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, then uh, a week earlier. I will not be drafting him. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, three rounds is too long for me to wait. So again. then
0: you're looking again back to Josh Dixon, mm. uh, Joshua Goodhue, something like that. And then, look, your stock, I think- your, if
1: you want your, your stock standards, there's a few of uh, managers in our draft, and Blakey was a big lover of this guy. James Blackwell uh, delivers, standard delivers every week. Uh, Scotty scruff There's a few guys who are going to play a lot of minutes and just kind of get you those average scores. But, yeah, it's I really...
0: Darcy Swain. After
1: after your, after your five or six, there's maybe, I'd say, around four players that I'd kind of consider a little in the middle ground and after that, again. That's definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably worthwhile noting.
0: I think the Reds actually have a bye in that. So I think he only misses one of his matches. Mm. Um, in the first round, we don't actually care about. So you're going to miss one round of footy with him. And yeah. it's probably his buy.
1: Yeah, but you so only have one. Bad, really. You only have right. one reserve forward and one reserve back, mate. Are yeah. you wasting yeah. that on a lock? I don't know. I don't so. think so. But you might be able to get him quite late because of that. Yeah, very good draft tactics. All right. Question number two, Harry,
0: Browsy Boy at Browsy Boy from Twitter. He mm. says, "Now this is a bit off topic, but a good question." And Kagi, <laughs> I'm going to let you feel this one. Mm. What are your views on the
1: film's Ocean Apart? And have you seen it? And I'll give you two minutes. <laughs> One minute By that you mean right now Um okay. I have seen it uh, And I thought it was It was very good Very well made uh, And very You know Illuminating Obviously we all uh, We're all big rugby fans And in the, in the Like to say uh, In the rugby community And you kind of know This is going on But uh, I think You feel like What can You don't know enough about it And what can you really do about it mm. uh, Yes It shines a light On what we all kind of Deep down knew was happening But didn't think about too much mm. Uh, and look, I mean, it's not a, a simple problem to solve when uh, when there is the the government, like the politics of a mm. country, uh, and you know the the GDP, like the earning power that this brings to the country, like the uh, it's not re- remittances. What, what's it when uh, people are sending back from overseas? I forget, just could be it's, that. It's too early for that for that word. But um, yeah, yeah uh, look, I thought it was really good. Um, I don't know what the answers are, but uh, yeah, I think I think certainly the tier one nations need to do more in terms of just, they need to be paying these uh, Pacific Island teams when they come over and play, when, yeah. when, it, when it, Samoa goes over and plays England at Twickenham, like despite it being historically that's, you know, England takes the entire gate and everything like that. That's just, it's not good enough for how much value the Pacific Islands give to the game. It's, I, I mean, I watch rugby basically to watch the Pacific Islanders because they're my <laughs> favorite players. It's, uh, pretty, it it's pretty
0: clear that there's an issue for any couple of you know tier one tier two team that isn't really ever hosting big international matches That mm-hmm. they have a gigantic deficit in terms of being able to raise revenue yeah. so I, I think that's a an, an obvious place to start as well as obviously looking at the uh the ability for players to go back and play for the <coughs> nations but like you said it's a complex problem the, the thing yeah. is as well i mean something that that show did it it really got a lot of talk to happen about this conversation. I don't mm. think there is one single issue, or one one single answer. Mm. But the more it's getting talked about, more this stuff's getting spitboard, mm. and the more pressure will be put on these bigger nations to, to either host them or go out to those countries. Yeah. We, we've seen the likes of, you know, the and Drua um, added into the NRC. There's potential talks of, Couple of Pacific teams coming into Super Rugby, mm. those sorts of things are going to give it a lot more groundswell and a lot more build as well, and and hopefully put a little bit of money back into those countries, yeah. which, if done in the right way, can then help be invested into their their national sides. But, mm. I mean, a lot's going to have to come from you know the World Rugby and, and larger you know Pacific nations like Australia
1: and New yeah. Zealand. And yeah, we just got to keep pushing to do more. Obviously, uh, recently there has been more efforts, you know, like bringing. Um, you know, bringing a Fij- Fijian Drua team into yeah. the NRC. Um, sorry, okay. And, uh, you know, in, the, in Super Rugby, uh, the Kiwis going and playing some games over in Fiji and Samoa and things like that. Yep. But, you know, we, we need to step that up more, have some test matches over there. If, if we have the Lions tour down in Australia, New Zealand, you know, you need the lines going through these countries, which will just bring so much to those countries because all the tourists will, will go there. And, we, we need to know. see um, the Pacific Island team. Pacific
0: yeah. Islanders team back. That was a bit of fun. I, onwards, I, think, so. I think
1: we'll kick on. The, easiestly, the easiest thing that needs to, be, to happen is that players need to be able to go back and represent their country. This, this being playing one cap and being locked for life thing is just ridiculous. Yeah, um, we, we want to see Nairo no Voro playing yeah. for Fiji. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's, um, but no, definitely recommend it. It was, it was a great watch. So, boys,
0: um, yeah. Next question Thank at you. Sports King 3 who will win the Champions Cup? I've got my what a, opinion. What a handle. I know, it's Is good. your opinion similar to mine? Uh, are you going to say Toulouse as well? I was going to say, I don't care. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was my original opinion. Okay, all right. But I, uh, sp- he's the sports king, so Sorry. I'm going I'm to pay my respects. Okay. Look, and you know why? Mm. Because they're basically half the French team. Like, the whole spine <laughs> of the French team is in Toulouse. So when it comes down to crunch time, they're going to
1: win. Just hope they don't get a little too loose the night before the game.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Look, I mean, it, that's, that's quite a big body of you know, teams, it's not just the French sides. Oh, I know. But they are the French players. <laughs> look, I think Bristol Bears are a real chance as well. Mm. Um, look, Exeter obviously always has to be up there. Racing, Russing has to be up there. But I, I think the obvious choice at the moment on form and considering how well the French players are going is Toulouse. Yeah, I, I mean...
1: Would you say it's theirs to lose?
0: If you look at their recent matchups, again, they beat 59 Love. <laughs> they beat Stade Francais. 48-24. You know, there's been a couple massive wins for them recently. Have you, have you checked out playing. that
1: Bears side? It is so star-star. Oh, star awesome. It is unbelievable. It's, have Pretty you awesome. checked out that Toulouse side? I
0: have not. so Yeah, I'll be honest, mate, it's yeah. basically the French team. Very good. All right. Um, <laughs> showing how much uh,
1: Champions Cup rugby we watch, but that's all right. At Mike. Max Bentley-Toe, what's Leicester's role...
0: At the state is going to be as this season unfolds. I think we touched on this one a little bit. Definitely. Um, mate, he's a starter at the start of the season. As soon as George Bridge comes back, he's a bench player. I'm sorry, can we call him his name? Max Bentley Towley? It's a towel. I'm a towel, Towley.
1: It's an L. It's not a no, I. It's not toey. Just another oh, name we've added to our, cross off our list of uh, butchering. I love it. Yeah. Um, sorry, Yeah. Mate. No, we did. We talked about listifying. And if he was certainly a player that a lot of fantasy managers will be interested in and watching, I think, um, yeah, Harry we- nailed it. I don't think you want him as your first
0: outside back purely because of the fact that he's, you're not going to get a good season out of him. But six rounds, seven rounds is, is significant. Yeah, when, you you're, know, when you're, when you're trying
1: to fill your second or third outside back, he is well worth a shout. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I think you've got to keep in mind as well, like where, where he's going to sit in that outside back rung for you. Mm-hmm. You've got to be comfortable to lose him. Because you you have know, be, yeah. you've got to be comfortable to lose him. But a few weeks into it, people are already going to have the sniff that, you know, Bridges coming back. People are going to be aware of that. So you probably won't get a lot of value from him. So your value from him will be, him starting as many matches as he can start, early. and there's one huge risk on that. It's it's where does David Avili fit in? Yeah, because if they decide to go Havili at the back, severe risk will Jordan on the wings and just sit with that. Then, may he all of a sudden he plummets to yeah. very minimal value. Hmm. So, and then we we just get back to the question of how do they fix their centre hole. So, it's probably the one great unknown at the moment. Hopefully, we get a bit more information before season starts. And yep. I
1: think I think it's worth noting we haven't said this too much, but with the abbreviated version of this, when you have one. Reserve back row and sorry, one reserve. I've given my strategy away. One reserve forward and one reserve back, um, you know, and, and all the buyers. There's a lot more chop and change throughout the season. You can't hold all your players. You have to drop and remove players. So, getting, taking opportunity to pick up, firing a nuku is going to be really good, no doubt, throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, and you, you're generally not going to want to be carrying that guy as your, as you know, your
0: one back you know there's positions that are harder to fill your your halfbacks your fly halves things like that that you might find mm, if you can mm. find someone decent yes i agree definitely don't pick up an outside back as a reserve no, <laughs> no I'm saying it's easy
1: it's easy to swap them yeah there's lots of options and look we've also touched on our last i believe our last listener question for tonight's pod which was from at super bippo long time fan of the pod um Top three fly halves, and he said in brackets, after Mawanga I just want to really make it a difficult one.
0: But- I, I actually think he said after Mawanga but we'll let that one go a little bit. Yeah, Excellent. look, we've we've actually gone into this in a bit of detail. So we had number two, James O'Connor and Josh Uwani as number three. So who's your number four? Oh, I'm, I'm going to go Will Harrison. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, I like it. I, I'm going to go be- because I'm a Waratahs fan. Yeah, okay. That's yeah.
1: right.
0: I no think problem. that sounds good
1: cuz I want to go home and go to bed. So, um I'm going to go no the
0: less. yeah, for the record. Yeah, look, I mean, these guys we have we have three one three. year we have mm. young, one year to work off. If you're going to have to pick between the two of them, I think there's similar value in terms of how you know, how good they are on a field. You can pick the guy in the winning team or you can pick <laughs> the guy that plays for the Brumbies. <laughs> so <laughs> Nailed yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very good. All right, well, guys, thank you very much for sticking with us. Makes As sense. always, this is one of our favourite podcasts to the point where we stayed until up until 2.30am to record it. So we, we love it, um, but uh, it's been a long one, and we will see you just There will
1: be plenty of content and stuff coming out this over the week. So um, Nelson's got, doing up a really cool graphic of how our fantasy season works and whatnot. Um, so stay tuned You'll for, see that tomorrow. for some updates. Thank you. Nice. Hey,